Today at Movie Wallace, we talk about Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and Saltburn. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly list of film reviews, movie news, and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming, or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Woohoo! It's the time of the year it when is. there this are is... too many movies to watch. <laughs> we're recording this on Black Friday, and yeah, we're starting to drown. Um, when we could be punching somebody in the face. At our local store. At our local to grab things. Yes. Instead, instead we are Did here. you partake in Black Friday festivities? Only through electrons. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yes. yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I, I believe so. I yes. mean, I think it, it was weird. All of the Black Friday deals were almost like available from the beginning of November this year on. Um, also, yeah, Happy Thanksgiving! Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, thank- this is, we are recording for, the day after Thanksgiving. I, are, I must say, Movie Wallace is on. Top, not to get all squiggly, but Movie Wallace is on top of Aww, my things I'm grateful for too. in life. Same. All right, me as well. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's. It's. This is. This I think Yazdi and I were just talking. We're rather emotional at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there's a particular video Rashmi just saw on Instagram. That, yeah. That instantly reduces her to tears about yeah. best friends it's about my best friend i could have written it for my best I friend feel like i'm made of stone it has no effect on me at i know all. and so, it would if it was about you it wouldn't make me cry as much <laughs> but for some reason it so, is making me very emotional it's a beautiful poem by an irish girl and it's gone viral and it's just stunning and it made me think of of osma if you are listening which i don't think she does um but she's my best friend is that she is she is my bestie from school i have a lot of besties but she's particularly special because she is my bestie from school we met when we were 12 years old we have remained friends and uh yeah for some reason it just it makes me sob like a baby you should uh regram that or whatever i have i will i will i will okay i will good good idea somebody sent me like a starbucks ad from india and i was like Close to tears. A blubbering like, mess. Yeah, a blubbering like, mess. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah, I think it's just, I don't know what it is. It's like yeah. we're closer to death <laughs> than we are life. And so maybe these things are all like catching up with us. <laughs> yeah. I guess those things don't generally affect me. But what can really. Because you have no heart. No. What can really pull on my heartstrings is music, believe it or not. Yeah. And, and the new mm. t- Peter Gabriel, um, just while we're segueing and talking about nonsense. Bantering. Um, has been releasing a single every month this year at the time of the full moon. And we are now in month 11. He's released the 11th song and the 12th one will coincide with the release of an album. So full moon in December will coincide with the release of Peter Gabriel's latest album. Which How strange. Comes are out. they good? It, it's excellent. Um, he hasn't put an album out for, um, gosh. A long time. Years. Yeah. And so... Um, I'm a fan, you know, I won't say that I'm, I'm not kind of, uh, I'm, I'm objective about this, but, uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. He has recorded like three, 400 songs and he's picking 12 of them to put out in this release. So, um, 
they're all a really high standard. It's super fun. It's super good. And and when you talk about being emotional, there's a couple of those songs that can can they 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 have they vibe on my wavelength. They can they can they can get, get me a little lump. It in doesn't my throat. get you out of not having a heart, Jeff. <laughs> Sometimes I'm kind of depressed or whatever, or something's going on, and then I will I will hear a song I've known forever and the lyrics suddenly like really resonate. make sense and resonate Aww. yeah and then you do a little bit of car crying i know fiona apple does yes. that to me i don't know <laughs> yes. if you like fiona apple but i do, I do like a, fiona. a couple of her lyrics just boom it's more powerful than most movies. sometimes i don't know i don't know if it's the same for guys but there was a really good episode of um everybody loves raymond where where his wife goes and she purposely cries. Do you do you ever do that? Purposely, cr- yeah, yeah, like yeah, make yeah. you like you're as, feeling as a, a bit blue and then yeah, you know make really yourself good. cry. Look, Joe's you looking at us like, what great. the hell? Like, who does that? Afterwards. Right? It's you there's like some. It's, it's it's like a cleanse. It's a cleanse. It's out of your system yeah. and you can move on. I literally can't do that. <laughs> okay. I literally. Well, I guess I, I could maybe do it to music. So movies. The main theme from the movie Crash. The Green Mile makes you cry. Very, very, yeah, but that, I'm not talking about music now. Oh, okay. Um, the main music from the, 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 it's called The Sense of Touch by Mark Isham. Um, it's a piece of music, wonderful piece of music. Um, in the right moment, it yeah. can... That's a good movie. It can get tears. Crash is a great movie. Well, movie aside, the music in and yeah. of itself... Well, that driving last scene. up the highway yeah. can play, and suddenly I find myself okay, in a very so emotional maybe, place. Okay, so maybe maybe Joe's so. made of marshmallow, not not cold <laughs> I think, coal. I think music does it for me. More, yeah, more than most things. All right. Okay. Um, That's actually a good yes, segue into the movie. Dingy, yeah, I know. Which means that the food that we have ordered has it. Is it here? No, but oh. it's close. Okay. okay. So we shall. We shall. So we're only off. letting Yazdi leave his phone on because we've ordered food. Right. From our favorite, one of our favorite restaurants in San Diego. Indeed. We should give them a plug. Shang-Chi Magic Kitchen. I like it because it sounds like the movie. Yes. Very apt. Yes. But it's it's indeed magical. S-H-A-N-G dash X-I. Shang-Chi. I don't think there's a G. No. I don't know. It is S-H-A-N-X-I. Okay. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi Magic Kitchen, not Magic Rings. But I thought it was very apt. But it, it is the most... Wonderful. It is so magical. Place. It yes. is very good food. It's Asian, Asian, Chinese. Yep. Hole yep. in the wall. But if you're in San Diego, um, check it out. Just, and just, their specialty is hand torn noodles, which are thick, lovely, oh my bitey. God, my stomach is growling. Bitey, you bite into them. <laughs> yeah, they're chewy. Very and they're nice. Chewy and they're so good. Their specialty, however, is not service. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which can be comically bad. But I would take you? the comically bad service oh, no. for the delicious food. Yeah, you go Correct. there for the food. But, yeah. you know, just, yeah. just from time to time, expect that they will ignore you. And when you ask for the smallest things... Like a napkin. A utensil. Yes. It's met with huffs and puffs, greets and stomps Hostility. And <laughs> That's part Much of the time, the staff seem to be arguing amongst with themselves. With each other. <laughs> yeah. It's a super fun place, though. Okay. Netflix picks. I'm yes. excited about mine this time. So let's jump into our segment of I Can't, I can't find, find Anything, anything to, watch to Watch on Video On Demand. Okay, I have a really good one. And it's kind of the segue from the emotional movies. This is the movie called Blue Jay. And um, it came out in 2016. Mm. Um, it was... Have you seen it, Yazdi? No. Oh, my God. It was... Um, you know, it's part of the Duplass Brothers 
production um but it's basically got sarah paulson and mark duplass in it and it's it's actually filmed in black and white and it's this beautiful movie about two former high school sweethearts jim and amanda and they've been out of touch for more than 20 years but they run each run into each other in a grocery store and the movie just unfolds from there Mm. and what you find out is is just it's it's just amazing and it it can turn you into a blubbering mess, um, but it's beautifully acted. It, it relies heavily on the shoulders of the two leads. It's really just them. Um, it's directed by Alex Lehman and it's written by Mark Duplass. Um, it is a fantastic movie. It's running even now at 92% on the tomato tomatometer. So Blue Jay on Netflix. Okay. My pick is a movie that is surprisingly it came out only two years ago it seems like it was uh, prior to that but it's the film minari m-i-n-a-r-i beautiful movie which is a beautiful film and in 2021 only two years ago it won best picture it won best actor it won best director sorry it was nominated for all of these sorry let, let me correct myself it was nominated for best supporting actress best picture best actor best director best original screenplay best original score it is a wonderful film, uh, especially I think if you're an immigrant, it's it's beautiful and it's it's, it's based on a novel. And I, I think the grandmother in the movie won the Oscar for best, best supporting, supporting actress. Actress, yeah. Um, and it's it's based the director based it on his own biography, and it you know that's when Stephen Yoon first shot to into stardom, and you know he. He's incredible in this. Uh, it's yeah. a wonderful film. Everybody he should watch it. He was among the best male performances that year for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, you know, the movie didn't fully work for me, I must admit. It was a little bit I loved slow, it. I loved but it. I think that was more a reflection of how tired I was when we went to see it. Um, but yeah, great, great choice. Yours? Um, I'm going to cheat terribly um, because I haven't even fully seen the movie that I'm going to recommend. The Dark Knight. <laughs> I've seen that a hundred times. Yeah. I could probably okay. recite the dialogue. Uh, Interstellar. Movie. Yeah. Oh <laughs> okay, yeah. Everyone's digging at me today. Okay. Of course. I, I am happy that we got the Oppenheimer DVD today. We did. Yes. Um, yay. So, yes, uh, it's going to be a bit of a Nolan fest over the next few days while, we, while I study that movie because it was intense in the movie theater. No, my cheat is the movie we started watching last night, Rashmi. Oh. Which is Nyad on Netflix and I'm cheating because I can't say I have a fully formed opinion on it yet because we haven't finished it. That's not no fault of the movie. Rashmi, um, we started it quite late. You passed out. Yeah. Not because the movie was... No, not because the movie was not good. Because you had a very long day. I had a very long day, yeah. (laughs) But the 25 to 30 minutes that we did watch of it... um, suggests to me that this is worth your while absolutely um, and it's lovely to see so jodie foster yeah. yeah jodie foster on screen is amazing to see her again and annette benning yeah yeah so that that's out on netflix and yes have you seen niad yet or i have not is it on it's your on list? my list okay. of things yeah well honestly i think you know very early on that you're in good hands yeah uh, with this with this movie so um Nyad, N-Y-A-D, on Netflix. Rashmi, you had? Blue Jay on Netflix. Yazdi. And I had Minari on Netflix. Netflix is the winner. Mm. I'm still not quite over my beef with Amazon Prime, but um, that's not the reason that we... And I was just going to say, Stephen, you and from Minari turned up in the 
the series beef with um <laughs> that's actually very true. Yeah. yeah and he was also in nope yes you know he's he been was. in lots of stuff yeah, yeah that's yeah. right yeah yeah he's very good in beef which yeah, we, he's very good which in which beef also i have to say and so back. different to uh yeah. his character in minari yes I didn't love beef. No, I didn't love beef either. I loved beef. Beef, beef was it a made struggle me very until, anxious. until episode nine, which is, I think, universally where people say it gets bad. Um, that's where it got good for me. <laughs> so, yeah, it got really yeah, good. I, but, um, yeah. But, yeah, it was a blood pressure razor. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. But on to our movies. Yes. Yes. So two movies for us to talk about today. Let's start with The Hunger Games, colon, The Ballad of Songbird. The character and snakes. Yep. Okay. And I have the and I decided I'm going to give the shorter version of the uh, the introduction, Yasti, because I want to find out from you. I don't want to give too much away. Um, this is the prequel of the Hunger Games, and it's about uh, Coriolanus Snow mentors and develops feelings for the female District Twelve tribute during the Tenth Hunger Games. It's directed by Francis Lawrence, and it's written by Michael Leslie and Michael Arndt, based on the. Um, the novels by Suzanne Collins, and it stars a whole host of people, including Rachel Zegler, Tom Blythe, Viola Davis, um, Dexter Sol Ansel, and a whole host of others. And Yazdi, you had the pleasure of taking a young adult uh, with you as a guest to this movie. Joe and I were doing another screening at the time, so we divided and conquered. Is this one worth us watching at the cinema before it goes away? And I know you're going to give us... Dear young Clementine, who is the young guest, yes, um, you're going to give us her her feedback as well. Yes, so I was very happy to go see this film along with Clementine and her mom Rachel, and uh, I think it's worth watching. I really think it's worth watching because you know Suzanne Collins famously did the original Hunger Games trilogy, which you know. I like the first movie so much I read the book and then I couldn't get enough of the books. The books are brilliantly written and I'm not a teenager. Yep. I read uh, them yeah, too. I would and I for me it was actually the books were the game changer. I didn't yeah. enjoy the first movie until I read all three books. Then I went back and watched yeah, the I, movie and I Joe insisted I read the I books. The yeah. Books. Um, yeah. And, and they were excellent. I, them, I said to Rashmi, I said, You should read these. They're yeah. easy to read, but they're fantastic. They're very good. So, yeah, so the books are exceptionally well written and Suzanne Collins is a very gifted writer. So she does something unusual uh, with the prequel because I think by the time you're getting into the fourth book or the fourth movie, and I believe there were actually four movies before, the third book was divided into two Correct. movies. Uh, and by the way, Francis Lawrence also directed, you know, two he or three out of yeah, those. He yeah. took over from Catching Fire and then he did Mockingjay 1 and 2. Right. He did not do the original okay. Hunger Games. So I think what Suzanne Collins has done is she wanted to avoid a rehash of another set of Hunger Games. So she, I think, takes a very risky move and she makes this whole prequel about how the bad guy from the first three books President came to Snow. be. Yeah, President Snow. So the um, so what you have here is an inherent dilemma because the main character in the movie or in the prequel is somebody who you know is eventually going to become pretty hateful. Mm. And it's not 
part of me wished that it was just a straight off story and you found out at the very end, oh, this is Snow. But they don't, you know, from the very beginning, he's called young Coriolanus Snow. So you know that's his character. So I think um, the movie is structurally very unusual because it's actually two movies in one. And I wish that maybe, I don't know, maybe they should have done a, two different movies because it's a long film. This is a two hour and 37 minute movie. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's quite, very long. Quite yeah. long. Wow. And there is the first part of the movie, which is, you know, when the original, not the original, but some of the early uh, Hunger Games were happening. And then the second part of the movie becomes kind of, so you go through these whole Hunger Games and, and there's an outcome. And then there is a whole second part of the movie about what followed up out of that. And there is a lot of political intrigue and there is a lot of backstabbing and how eventually, you know, this this very virtuous person started kind of turning over to the dark side. Kind of shades of Star Wars, actually. I was that just going to say, it sounds like the prequels from the uh, Star story. Wars. Yeah, from the, the Darth, Darth Vader yeah. story. Um, the main, you know, the main character, the, the female character in this movie is uh, played by... Uh, Rachel Zegler, who we saw last in Steven Spielberg's adaptation of The West Side Story. So, um, you know, there is a... So the, the issue is that, of course, there are the Hunger Games itself, but this main character, played by Rachel Zegler, she's a songbird. She's somebody who sings. And so there's a lot of singing in the movie, which you don't kind of expect from a, you know, from a, I haven't read the prequel book, obviously, but you don't expect that from a Hunger Games movie. But um, she plays Lucy Gray Bird, who kind of is against her vicious, kind of almost forced into, you know, participating in the, in the Hunger Games. And um, so there's a, you know, and she has a she has a terrific voice. Uh, so my my beef with the movie is one of structure mm. because I was like, the Hunger Games are over, and there's one more hour remaining in this movie. What's going on? Like mm. I'm, I was ready to leave the theater, and then it becomes this whole other thing, and there's a change in tone, and there's a clear change in storytelling, and so forth. So for somebody who wasn't expecting that. I was like, what's going on? You know, why isn't this movie over now? So, but it's very, very well made. The Hunger Games themselves are very effectively played. Um, the special effects are amazing. Uh, the lead characters are very, very believable. Um, it just wasn't the movie I was expecting, which in retrospect is a very good thing. It was a risky thing, again, mm. for for this for this writer to kind of pull this off. And, and I understand the movie is very, very uh, loyal to the book and kind of follows okay. it through. And is it better than, or is it different than? Or worse? No, I don't think it's worse at all. I think, I think it's just different than. Okay. Um, and you well, kind of go on. Just, I mean, one of the things about the Hunger Games books that made it so compelling was it was all inside Katniss's head. And yeah, good point. One of the reasons that I think the movies were enhanced by knowledge of the books is, you know, we, we got inside her head and her personality and the way she thought and, and many of her memories in a way that the movies then kind of brought her to life as a living, breathing character for us to, to, to watch. So 
I can't imagine that this prequel would have been done in the same way. I mean, do you think was it written in the first perspective, first person with snow? I I have yeah, I, haven't, I haven't read the book. Mm. Uh, Clementina has, uh, or she was she was halfway into the book when she came to watch the movie. And by the way, Clementina loves Hunger Games. That's what she's into. That's what she dresses up for Halloween. So this was like you know a big deal for her. And so yeah. she came. The, 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 the movie has like very very passionate fan base. Yeah. So what did Clementina think of this? I know she's sent us a nice review. Yes, yeah, she has. Notes. And so I'm going to read Clementina's review. And she says that she really liked Hunger Games' Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, because primarily because of the special effects, uh, which she thought were exceptional and very entertaining. She also said she likes the movies because of the actors and they played their parts very well. And it made the movie a lot more like the book. So here is somebody who's read the book and and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the movie, and, and I've heard this, by the way, in other reviews as well, that it's exceptionally good casting, especially the actor, you know, who's playing Snow, the young It's a big Coriolanus. burden to carry, right? It's because we slammed down, it, uh, we slammed, um, I can't even remember the, his name now. Um, um, Keith Sutherland. No, it? not, we. I was going to say Anakin. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. That was an awful casting, but go on, sorry. But no, this actor is wonderful and and you kind of, and to the movie's credit, it doesn't, you know, place the seeds of his corruption, if you will, very early on. He's he's a good guy and he does a lot of good things. He He's actually the assigned mentor in the, in the very early Hunger Games. Apparently, um, there used to be mentors assigned to each of the tributes who are playing in the, you know, playing in the, in the Hunger Games, and he plays the mentor, and he kind of is helping her. But you can see how, by virtue of how things play out politically, that he starts to kind of uh, uh, sour. And the other thing the the movie does a really good job of indicating is that some people just inherently have this um, uncontrollable anger which manifests as violence. I've seen this in kids. Some kids are just, when they get really angry, they can't help it. They are breaking things. And, you know, it's very well played that even as a teenager, as, as somebody who is in his late, you know, early 20s, he's somebody who cannot control his anger. And mm-hmm. again, you can see how that characteristic can kind of, uh, you know, lead into somebody being, uh, you know, becoming the bad guy. Um she so Clementina also says if I was making this movie, I would add a part from the book which was not included in the movie, which is a funeral for the mentor that got killed by the District Ten girl, and uh, Snow gets asked to sing at the funeral, and it would have been very interesting to include that. I suspect mm. they had to pare some things down just because it was it's already a very long movie. Um, she said she would definitely watch it again because it was very interesting and I think it was very well made, which I do agree. It's it's mm. technically a very well made movie. So she would definitely recommend it um, to everybody. And that's a lovely review by Valentina. Yes. Uh, Clementina. Clementina. Yes. yes. Uh, I think I see a future, future movie reviewer in our midst. Yes, definitely. Thank you for those comments. And it, it, it's interesting. So, you know, as I look at the um, tomatometer here, it's the critics have, have given it a little bit of a hard time with 65% on the tomatometer, but it seems to have landed very well with audiences um, with an audience score here of 90%. So hmm. uh, Clementina, I think I would count you among the people who thumbs it up. Yep. So what's your score, Yasti? My score is a very, very robust 7 out of 10. Okay. I wish I had heard my own review before I watched it so I knew what to expect. 
Uh, Rachel Ziegler is amazing. I mean, her voice is just incredible and it's used, it's used, you know, put to really good use. And I, there's one last thing I want to say from Clementina, which is that her takeaway from the book and the movie is that uh, if you really love something too much, you may ultimately land up hurting it, which Ooh, kind of plays into... How insightful. Yeah, which plays well into how this story plays out. So definitely worth watching uh, watching it. But I should also mention that Viola Davis is in it, uh, as is Peter Dinklage. And, you know, they've got to pay their mortgages too, but they're both very, very good in their roles. And did um, um, Clementina give it a score? She did not because I okay. failed to ask her, yes. but, but okay. I can follow no up with her. Yes. I would give it a, a, a you know, solid, a, seven, solid seven out of 10 okay. worth watching, mm-hmm. especially over the holidays, if you want something fun to watch. And one other thing, you know, we watched the Hunger Games, which happened much later. This is a prequel, which happens like, what, 20, 30 years before that. Yeah. And you can see the Hunger Games at that time are a little bit more primitive. They're not as sophisticated. Well, it's even longer, right? This is the 10th Hunger Games and we were at the 75th Hunger Games. Correct. Goodness me. So it's a long time before, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So very well done. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm intrigued by it. I mean, I think um, the, the, the book didn't call to me in the same way because I knew as a prequel we weren't going to get Katniss and... You know, the whole Katniss character, yeah. you know, I thought was... was well, I think it's a combination so of Jennifer Lawrence and the Katniss character becoming one and the same. Sure, yeah. yeah. But we, I knew that in, in the prequel that you yeah. know, she would have been... It, would, it was before her birth. And one other thing, I don't know if Suzanne Collins is going to call it a day, but there is definitely your more because the movie kind of ends still with snow being like 20 some years old and you know right. we know before he gets to become well there are many many years right. of many, hunger many games years. yeah, yeah. there so, could have been some uh, telling stories good well good stuff don't watch it if you're scared of snakes oh there are some scenes <laughs> with like i want to say more than 100 maybe a thousand snakes slithering oh. around a person so okay yeah, if that yeah. kind of freaks indiana you indiana jones-esque yeah not for me yeah okay Moving on, movie number two of the week then is Saltburn, all one word, S-A-L-T-B-U-R-N. So I am going to be introducing Saltburn. Saltburn is the latest from director and writer Emerald Fennell, who broke into the cinema screen. She herself was an actor for a long time. She had written a few screenplays and then she wrote the screenplay and made this little movie called Promising Young Woman with... Uh, Carrie Mulligan and that movie kind of became part of the zeitgeist when it kind of came out it it was kind of a rape revenge kind of film which you know tapped into a lot of critical issues at that time it got her uh, a best uh, uh, screenplay nomination it was I think a best film nomination Carrie Mulligan was nominated so there was a lot of lot of uh, for me at least there was a lot of anticipation for what Emerald Fennell, who is pretty young. I think she's in her late 20s, maybe. Enviable. Yeah. So this is uh, this is the latest. It, she has the sole writing credits for this. And um, the one-liner from IMDb for Saltburn is, a student at Oxford University, played by Barry Keegan, finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. 
Uh, the movie stars Barry Keegan in the rare lead role. We've, we've seen him in many, many films, most recently in uh, uh, Banshees of Inisherin, Yep. where he was also nominated yep. for, for an Oscar. Uh, the movie stars current heartthrob and actor of many films in 2023 alone, Jacob Elordi, uh, he of the Euphoria fame. Uh, Archie Medakwe plays Farley Start. Uh, and then we have the delightful, delightful, delightful Rosamund Pike, uh, as well as Richard E. Grant playing uh, Jacob Elordi's, Elordi's parents. Carrie Mulligan is here uh, in a brief role. Uh, as is uh, many other actors. So this movie w- had, had a trailer which I watched and I was immediately wanting to watch it because it seemed so salacious and it had a very sickening, slithery kind of feeling about it, about this kind of guy trying to break into this elite world. So I watched the movie yesterday. You guys watched it yesterday as well. It's uh, very fresh on your minds. What you guys make of Saltburn? So I am one of those who absolutely fell in love with Promising Young Woman. I think it was one of my favorite movies of that year. I think that was two years ago, right? Um, So I was super excited when I heard that um, Emerald Fennell is doing a second movie. And she delivers with this second movie called Saltburn. Um, I think I'll, I'll say it right off the bat. The failing of this movie is that it's too derivative of a talented Mr. Ripley meets single white female. And other than that, it's it's a really, really good movie. I would say it's a really perfectly acted movie. It's perfectly acted and it's a good movie. It's not a blow me away movie because simply it doesn't bring anything new to the genre. Um, and it feels very much around that for that kind of euphoria crowd, but I loved it a lot. I, I was, it was very enjoyable. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. Oh, oh really? <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. No, look, there's many things to admire in this movie in terms of the performances. I think the yeah. actors do a stellar job here. Yeah. It's very, very well put together. It's handsomely shot. Um, but the movie just fails to work for me because it has that, it does a very irritating thing, which is it, it, it it's, it's very opaque for much of its um, mm-hmm. running times in terms of its intentions. And only at the end do we get kind of the reveal of what it was really about. And it's done in such a way where you kind of thought all the way through it was kind of like that, but you didn't really know because it didn't reveal its characters well enough. And the characters... Um, for me, have some very strange behaviours, particularly the, the Barry Keegan character. He is very hard to understand because one minute he's shot sympathetically, then the next minute he's shot a different way. And so all of that just... But that's deliberate. But that is... That's, that's very yeah. deliberate. No, and that's very talented, know, Mr. Ripley, know, right? Know, it's I very know, much I in that vein. <laughs> Let me speak. <laughs> but it's, it's frustrating. And I think it, it's done in a way where it doesn't have that same... Like with talented Mr. Ripley, right? You you see the character behind closed doors. You see the character in front of other people. Here, he, hmm, okay. he gets very strange with the other people as soon as he enters the world of Saltburn. Um, and that just didn't sit well with me. I'm like, oh, sweet guy, weird guy, with no explanation of that journey. So I'll, I'll just stop there, right? It, I, I, I didn't think this movie... Uh, this this movie didn't work very well for me. Hmm, Yazdi. 
I saw a bit of defense there, so I'm hoping you're on my side of the fence. Yeah, I'm totally on your side of the fence. I, I, I'm just, I'm just tired of safe films at this time of the year. And this is not a safe film. Yeah. It wants to make you squirm. And it's so horned up. It's so horny. The whole film yeah. is like, it, it's, it's really, it goes there, you know, in spite of not having much nudity until a certain point. But I, I really, <laughs> I, I really liked, I really liked the fact that this movie wants to push all your buttons and it's so entertaining, minute by minute. I I enjoyed every single step. There were some hints of sinisterism, hmm. like the Jacob Elordi character. What's his motive? What is everybody else's motives? There is a character called Farley in this movie. Yeah. Who is so interesting. I was like, what's his deal and what's going on? And there is a little racial component to it, but yeah. it, they don't come out and speak about it. Look, it's not the talented Mr. Ripley. It's it's not as sophisticated or complex or as layered or frankly as well structured as yeah. it as it is. But this film this film is definitely um trying to be the talented Mr. Ripley for the Euphoria crowd. No question, you nailed it. It also reminded me of this movie Teorama, which came out in the late 60s, 70s, where Terence Stamp goes into this Italian home of rich people and pretty much sleeps with everybody Ooh. and kind of converts them. And uh, there's kind of strains of that. Brides with Brides Head Revisited is another yes, one. It yes. kind of reminds me of also about an Oxford guy kind of getting into. So there's a law. Clearly, Emerald Fennel is kind of uh, influenced by all of this. But I kind of like the fact that for all its shortcomings, I mean, I still don't know what the message of this movie is, uh, if there is well, one. I think it just wants to entertain you and make you squirm and make you sicken a little bit. Hmm. There are a couple scenes which people are going to be talking and it's going to be on every TikTok and it's going to be a meme forever. But I like that. I like a movie which kind of challenges you and kind of says, you are not, yeah. you're not watching a well, Disney movie. Or Before I let Rashmi speak, yes. I mean, I, I just want to point out, I mean, the, 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 the thing that was so strange for me was like, look, never during the entire running time of the talented Mr. Ripley, did I think that we were sat in a house full of vampires. But at many points in this movie, I thought there's something like supernatural about the weirdness. Oh, that yeah. Here. It doesn't make sense. It yeah, was there's so, a sinister element. Yeah, it was so element, sinister yeah. and dark that I thought, okay, so the reveal is they're all werewolves or something like that. That's <laughs> how bizarre the behaviours of the characters were. And I get what you're saying here, and I love that they didn't play it safe, but it just seems to me as if that's where she was going with this, and maybe she rewrote it and 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 didn't. No, but I think she's trying to push the level of weirdness to a place where it suspends disbelief, right? Well, and 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 it didn't do that for me. Yeah, I was just but like, this is I, just weird. Yeah, okay. I think what she's doing, Joe, is examining the class system in the UK. Um, she definitely captured university life very well in the UK. I thought I was back at back at college. Um, it captured that university life very, very well. I think what she's trying to do is really explore how the other half lives if you are titled and you are entitled. And I think what she's doing is she's kind of portraying that keep calm and carry on, you know, that meme that we see all the time about so the British extreme. upper lip. It is, it, it is. It, it, the British upper lip, you know, like kind of manners, 
kind of taking over anything else. It's it's exploring another world. And I think what she captures beautifully is this one man's desire, one young man's desire to be more than he is and, and the lengths he will go to, to to get that. So I think I love the movie. I have to say, look, I love the movie. I just hate that it's so derivative. I wish it had had even a bit more originality and I would have given it two more points. Um, but I, but I, but as a, as, as a whole story, it's interesting to me. And I love, I have to say, Rosamund Pike blew me away. She's such Everyone a good actress. Barry Keegan. He, he Barry literally, Keegan he's, is... he's amazing. So it is a phenomenal performance. I... Jacob Elodie seems to be everywhere. I feel like he's having his Adam Driver moment. I was just saying to Joe, yeah, he's kind of doing Priscilla. that. Yeah, we just saw him in Priscilla. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, just a fan. It's a really good movie. It's just not great compared to like Promising Young Woman. And again, I'm give, I'm I'm going hard on it because it's just too derivative. And Talented Mr. Ripley is one of my all time favorite movies. So, yeah, I think. I think it it wants you to feel kind of a little icky while you're watching it. I think this is I mean, definitely... I there's, there's many scenes there's many which are scenes. very icky, right. yeah. I mean, it definitely getting into the Yorgos Lanthimos territory, yes. for sure. Yes. It feels very much I, like I, a yes, Lanthimos yes, movie yes. to me. I, I was yeah. going to say, it's more Lanthimos and Lanthimos's latest entry of Poor Things. Yes. Because, it, it, because it, it feels to me like it has those moments that are, are very... Extreme mean to and the un, characters. No, mean, but extreme and unexplained. Like, what was... And we, we'll talk later but there was a scene that were like that's intended to make us feel icky it does but it doesn't play well it doesn't seem to have a purpose at least it didn't reveal its purpose to me i'm like okay weirdo um but well there are two scenes like there, that i there, think yeah, i think there's more than two but, yeah. anyway, but i think i think the movie did you ever watch a movie called wild things which came out like yes, I don't know, 20 years, years ago, ago years ago this movie is akin to that. It just wants to be lurid. It wants it wants to be sleazy. And it wants to kind of just say, I'm going to be a sleazy, horned up movie and deal with it. And I kind of appreciate it because we've become very puritanical, I think. So I like, it was like constantly no like... No bush. There was no bush <laughs> in this no one, bush. so I was okay with that. Uh, but there were some trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of wood. But anyway, uh, so I, I appreciated that. I also think... My biggest problem, I, I know you loved Promising Young Woman. Yes, I did not I loved care it. for the ending yeah. of the movie. I think this film has the same issue. Emerald Fennell kind of loves to create her little, you know, little players and little things, but then she doesn't know how to end it. This, this felt point. to me like somebody trying to stuff... You know, like you're making a dumpling and you're pushing the meat in and in and it's not fitting and you're just forcing no it all. No pun intended. <laughs> you're, you're forcing it, that dumpling to close and it won't close. Like yeah. the extent to which it goes, I, I, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, uh, so I won't say anything. But the extent to which it goes, like I'm like really every but, single member of the family. So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, so and, I'm like, and, and that's yeah. the thing. I mean, I think ultimately... All of that happens in the closing scenes of the movie. Instead of being a bit more um, well-managed. Paced, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The like, pacing is like, a little it's off. It's like weird, weird, weird. No explanation, no explanation. And then at the end, it's like, well, here's what's really going on. And but I but a lot of liked... that's predictable. It foreshadows itself I very, very well for point, me. My point is to, to what Yati's saying. It's like you build yourself up 
and then you have to kind of it, for the in order for the movie to to, to not leave us completely puzzled because i was i think i think the movie would actually have been enhanced without that right without yeah. that last that last bit and exposition the yeah and there's I'm a like, lot of exposition yeah. yeah yeah i think if it cut itself short i would have been head scratching but i would have thought oh what was really going on at Saltburn, right? I think that would have been a much more satisfying. Mm. If, yeah, you know, I see it, what it you're saying. It ruined it at the end with like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. But, but you like know. you, I think at least, you know, in the last half an hour of the movie, it was very, I was like, of course, that's what's happening. Yeah. Even though you don't explicitly see like who is doing what, it was very obvious to me. Not to Be me, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, because I was, peeps, I maybe because I bad things were happening to people and I'm like, there's only one explanation for these bad things. Yeah. I there's one out. common denominator. Oh, you're too Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's very good. I mean, I, I can sum this one up. Yeah, uh, can I ahead. just say, yes, yes. I, I want to also commend the acting in this film like you. I mean, I can't think of another actor who would have, other than Barry Keegan, who would have carried it because he has this... You know, the the pop culture happy hour reviewers, they're saying every actor in this movie is kind of in conversation with their previous roles. Like the Barry Keegan year is kind of the Barry Keegan and Banshees who is kind of yeah, on, surface, that's true. on surface seeming to be a little daft, a little innocent. You know, the Jacob Ellard year is very similar to the Euphoria. Kind of there is some quality. Everybody's attracted to him. Everybody's kind of headed towards him. But they are acting their butts out and they are being very, very brave. Rosamund Pike, the movie is kind of very straight and maybe menacing until until Rosamund Pike appears and then it becomes a full-out comedy. Like, I was laughing and like, she had me enthralled. I just want to watch a movie about her yes. and Carrie Mulligan. Yes. You know, those two, their, their whole dynamic. I've heard, sorry, I'm just going to say this before you uh, review, but... I've heard in some quarters, I've, I've started reading some reviews, I've heard in some quarters that the movie is kind of saying that the middle class is evil and envious of the upper class. I've also said read reviews where they said the movie is very, uh, you know, it's kind of like Parasite where it's kind of frowning upon the upper class. I don't think the script is that that complicated. I think this... This is one particular character and his specific experience, and I don't think we can extrapolate to all of London's class structure. But anyway, I I commend films like this just because they're so out of the box. It's really that an out actually of the box sounds film. like a summing up. I yes. think you should give it your score. I give it a very very uh, anemic eight out of ten. It's an eight and a half out of ten. It's such a good time at the movies. It's unpredictable. You're like half the time your your jaw is on the floor. And it's shot, you know, I, I saw it in the theater and I'm like, is, is the lighting not right? Some of it is so dark. And then you realize like the opening scene of the movie is dark until he goes to Oxford and the light literally opens up. Correct. So there's a lot of fun stuff being done. There's a very weird boxed aspect ratio. So Emerald Fennel is trying different things here as well. So actually that's what irritated Joe because we, we watched it on the yeah, we yeah. watched it on the on the small screen yesterday and um the first comment out of my mouth was that we started the movie and we don't normally talk to movies, but I said, Rashmi, pause. And I said, why is this four by three aspect ratio? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's in service of the story, okay. Uh, but it's not. It doesn't, it's just, it's just done that way. 
Um, also very and, good use of music. Sorry, go on. No, but I mean, you know, we all have widescreen yeah. TVs, right? You know, like why then, why then not use that? And okay, directorial choice. Yada, yada, no, yada. no, no. It's meant to represent claustrophobia. It's intentional. Of course it's intentional. She chose to do it, but it's meant to be like, they're all in the space where they're not happy with each other. But you don't achieve that with a four by three aspect I know, ratio, right? It was annoying right? to me, yeah. Yeah, you, but, you, you can yeah. do that in, in many other ways. A four by three aspect ratio is to represent a period of time when we all had TVs that were that shape. We no longer have TVs out of that shape. We have widescreen TVs and I want to use all of my... Well, if you live in a stately <laughs> home, maybe those TVs haven't been and updated even yet. Even if it had been shot or set in the 80s in or 90s. No, 2006. 2006. 2006, we all had widescreen. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. Do you want to score? Look, we'll um, do a Joe sandwich. Sure. So here, here's what I say. I mean, it's it's incredibly well performed, um, and it, it's competently directed. I mean, you know, the the scenes work, and the you know the 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 um, the, the the talent at work here is is on show. And Emerald Fennel, I think she's a little bit too much. Her, her head's up her ass a little bit. Yes. You know, yeah. Expression. Agree. With all the success from Promising Young Woman, and I'm sure the, what was the murder, the serial killer movie that, um, Killing Eve, Killing Eve, all of that success has gone to her head a little bit. And I think Aww. she's, she's overcooked this movie because I think there is a wonderful movie here. Uh, if it had been dialed back a notch for somebody like me, I think my main issue is it's, it's structurally incompetent. Um, it it does no. I mean, it does it does its thing, but then but it rushes it all. Yeah, yeah. But it, it it it's it's all it's all left to not even the final act. It's all left to the final scenes. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. Where is that? Oh, okay. That's what this is about. And the rest of the time, its weirdness is is so up there that I thought, are we watching like you know ghosts of themselves or like there was really? some, it was so because nobody's behaviors make any sense at all. Even when you're like doing it, the the kind of the poking fun at the rich, you know, they're just so weird, right? They're not weird in a realistic way. They're weird in a way that you think, oh, well, these people have lived hundreds of years as vampires, right? They've lived <laughs> a million lives, and this is this is how they entertain themselves by bringing in their latest victim, you know, like from last year. Because that, oh yeah, I guess salt, yeah, yeah, salt yeah. burned reimagined by so, Joe. Yeah, so, yeah so I want to watch the, the movie that's in ending, Joe's yes. head. And so when <laughs> yeah. it didn't go there, I'm just like, oh, okay. Anyhow. Um, so with all of that said, I admired this movie, and I think well, I would I would not be upset for any of these people to be nominated for best, or yeah, best supporting yeah. actors, um, just not a best director, best screenplay, or best movie. I'm going to give it a stingy six, uh, five out of ten. Oh, rather. Really? I was I was going with a six, but I'm na now I'm annoyed again. Because <laughs> <No, don't> be <laughs> we're laughing on it. Now I'm annoyed. Uh, so five out of ten. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it, it rubbed me up the wrong way. And in the way, and I was going to bring that up earlier, I'm glad you said it, in the way that Lanthimos does with movies like The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Which, uh, remember, Barry Keegan was in Killing of a Sacred yeah, Deer as well, yeah. yeah. And he was I mean, great. And he was great. I know that these movies have their fans, but I'm not one like of them. Like Yazdi and Rashmi. Then yes. they're, they're just not my flavour of things. Yeah. So look, this would have been easily a 9 out of 10 for me, but I'm going to I'm gonna decrease two points because it's so two derivative. Points. Yeah, I would have given it an 8, Yazdi, but... I feel like it's more of a solid, solid seven. And if we had halves, I would give it a seven and a half. But anyway, it's a seven out of 10 for me. I think this is a great movie. It's very, very entertaining. It's so icky. You want to have a shower after you've seen it. Um, but uh, again, I will nominate Barry Keegan, Rosamund Pike and... Um, 
Even Archie Mad- Madekwe was, yeah. he was, he was just in Gran Turismo. It was bugging me. I was like, oh. where did we see him? Where did we see him? And I had to stop the movie and say, Joe, where have we seen him? And Joe was like, Gran Turismo. He was the, he was the main kid in, in Gran oh, Turismo. Okay. And I think the house should get a nomination. The, the, the house itself was magnificent. You see, I think again, the set was wrong. That house didn't have that right feeling to me I oh mean, really yeah um, if you lived in a mansion in 2006 it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like that okay well I just all right it was but it was very <laughs> overcooked and i think joe you made some good points she you know, she has overcooked it a yeah. little bit and i think maybe another rewrite of this would have been would have been good but like, good movie yeah like if you wake up in the middle of the night and eat a whole tub of ice cream and then you kind of feel a little sickened that's the feeling and i love and it and you feel bad with about yourself <laughs> yeah. right yeah but i love that somebody's making movies like but that. our food is here yes <laughs> that sounds like a good segue to wrap up this podcast so thank you all of uh you listeners for listening um thank you clementine for clementina clementina i apologize thank you clementina for your uh wonderful uh, contribution to our the review of the hunger games thank you i hope you didn't listen to the second part of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) it was somewhat inappropriate um but um yeah thank you everyone for um subscribing and listening you can find us on Instagram where Rashmi will post the video that oh, brings her to yeah, tears. I will. I'll do um, it now. And we are going to go off and enjoy some Shang-Chi Magic Kitchen. So until then, too many movies, too little time. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well then. Okay. Okay. <laughs>